It's the question I think every homeowner has asked themselves here this past, well, I don't know, 15 months or so. Should I put my house on the market? Because houses are going fast. But then the question becomes, all right, so I sold my house. Then where do I go? Uh, do, do I buy a new home? Do I buy a used home? What about a historic home? Hey, let's build it with Corey Heppola and from Lindus Construction, Andy Lindus. And a part of me is just curious, like what kind of interest could you get? What kind of number could you get in a hot housing market like this? But, you know, you got to be serious about it, too. Like and, and we're probably not at the point of, of listing our home and moving at this point. But I, I thought about it. I'm like, well, what would be the pros and cons? Like and let's focus in on a historic home, Andy. Let's start. Let's do pros and cons of owning a historic home. Let's start with the pros. You know, typically uh, I can think of two pros that come off the head off. Uh, the top of my head right away here. One, the, a lot of the historic homes are in pretty cool neighborhoods. You get into the right historic home, like a, like an actual historic home, one that is labeled a historic home, where you have to do certain things on the remodels and always kind of keep it period time when you when you do anything to the house. Those houses are in really cool neighborhoods. I'm thinking like Summit Avenue in St. Paul, um, you know, some of the areas around the lakes, around Minneapolis. It's, 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 it's awesome. And the woodwork when you go inside these houses, it's amazing. And when you can look at something that's a hundred years old, it's, it's, it's just an awesome look. The con is everything else. There's like, you know, I don't know what else to tell you. Like working on a historic home is a giant pain in the ass. We do it all the time. We're one of the, you know, I have some craftsmen involved, but we have to find special wood, special windows. It takes longer. We got to use special paint. We have to try to match everything. We got to go through different organizations to get things approved. And I'll tell you, nothing more than uh, the, the, you know, typical historic homes. It's a $800,000, $900,000 home. Nothing more than that customer likes to do more than, than get permission to do something to the house they own. But if you have a historic home, you have to bite the bullet and get the permission. And, and sometimes they're going to say no. And sometimes those customers don't react the best to no and make bad decisions that end up costing them more money. So go into a historic home and try to answer all those questions. What can I do in a remodel? What can I do here? What can I do? Can I update this? Can I put better windows in? Can I make it energy efficient? If the answers are no, then you got to make that decision before you buy that type of house, man. It's a... Uh, a pain in the ass to work with. I can tell you that you, much. You just went right into the cons. I was, mm -hmm. <laughs> I was trying to focus in on the pros. Let's, let's, yep, let's yep. go. Let's, let's they're go. cool. <laughs> Other than that, everything else sucks about them. You know, working on them is hard and getting materials is terrible. When the, the end result, I can tell you this for a guy like me that has to work on houses all the time. Yeah. The process is a pain in the butt. Working on it is a pain in the butt, but the end result, when you do something like that, it's a lot of fun to look yeah. at the end result and be like, wow, yeah, yeah. we're, we're just as good as those guys that did it 130 years ago, but they had hand tools. They didn't have the stuff that we have. We, we, we think about that when you get to work on those houses, it's pretty neat when you see what they accomplished with the tools that they had. And here we're whining about, you know, running out of batteries in a day, you know, it's, they didn't have, they didn't have batteries. It, the technology, and we've talked about this on this podcast, but the technology has come so far uh, mm -hmm. in those 130 years. Um, so on the pros, okay, let's let's get back. You were talking about the character, right? The neighborhoods, the character of the house. You look at the wood, all that stuff. Um, keeping history Mature alive. Trees. Yeah, in keeping history alive, certainly mm -hmm. part of that too. I want to focus in on the unique architecture too, because I once you get into these houses, 
there's some really like, I mean, they could become annoying, I suppose, if you live there as well. But there are some really unique spots in, in architecture where you go, now, why would they do that? Yeah, you know, um, the the archways that are in that house, some of the woodworks in the house, some of the nooks that are built in or private rooms that are built in or, um, you know, some of those houses have really cool dumbwaiter systems, too, that you just don't see in a lot of other houses. One, you don't know a lot of people that have uh, servants going throughout their houses nowadays, like maybe they did 120 years ago. And when, you know, a lot of people have maids and cooks dealing with stuff and, and, and there was living quarters and some of these historic homes for places like that. So it's uh, I was in one place and you went and look at it from the outside. There's 11 bedrooms in in this house off, off of Summit Avenue. And it doesn't look that much bigger than everything else, but it was kind of sectioned off because I, I would I'm assuming this that the way it was built, it was for for the people that are working on this house or working with in this house while the then the, the master suites were the, the occupants. Yeah, and you still had probably eight or nine kids back then. I mean, people were yeah. just having that many kids. Um, are there any tax incentives uh, that would be a pro or a con with, with houses like this or even like lower interest rates or anything like that? I'm not sure about uh, the tax incentives. I know different neighborhoods have different incentives for moving in there and that it might be more city oriented than state oriented. I can't think of anything off the top of my head for uh, a state tax incentive outside of energy upgrades to a home that old. Okay, so let's look at the cons again. <laughs> we, we got pretty energetic about the cons too. Um, but I, I think the number one con would be that, look, it's an older place. There's a lot of rules and regulations. And, and I would just think if you're buying the home, more than likely you know like, okay, it's going to cost me this much to buy. And then we're going to have to do work on it on top of it. Mm -hmm. And more expensive work on top of it. It's uh, out of all of the, just take a window. A window in a historic home is probably going to cost 30, 40% more to install and do the right way according to the historical society of whatever society is judging how that home has to be done than a house like yours. And I'm talking about putting in a very, really good window in a house like yours and then the historic window and that one. So just, just that, that thing alone, if, if you can deal with the extra cost of renovation and somebody telling you how and what you can do to your home, then a historic home is is for you. And and again, if if you love that type of house and you love that period of home, then then you can. But but there's lots of places around the Twin Cities where you can get an older home and give it the tender love and care and not have it be a historic home too, Corey. You don't mm -hmm. you might have the covenants to go with. There are, you can have the best of both worlds. What I really don't like is is all of these these houses where i don't get i shouldn't say i don't know if i like it or dislike it but these houses that get torn down and then the old mcmansion gets put up that it doesn't have the character that that thing have or just seems out of place in minneapolis or wherever it's getting built um don't get me wrong i've i've, I've sided a lot of those places but roofing on a lot of those places but leaf garden on a lot of those places so i do enjoy the business that those contractors generate for us but I think there's an opportunity to renovate a lot of these houses before we have to tear them down. Yeah, we were talking about the technology and how that's improved. Um, but there's also things too, when you look around a house like that, a historic home, there could be in there lead paint. Like we've just realized that, oh, okay, there, there's a problem with this, you know, mm -hmm. this kind of paint. Asbestos, another thing that, oh, we were lining our houses with this and now it's unhealthy for us. There, there are things yeah. like that that could potentially pop up too. And will pop up. I mean, that's almost like a foregone conclusion. Any home built prior to 1978, you're going to find lead in it somewhere unless it's had a lead abatement done to it previously. 
um, and asbestos. We're, we're lucky enough that in our area of the world, uh, the, the cellulose that we use or the, the vermiculite that we used came from a quarry for the most part that, that doesn't have a high enough content of asbestos where we have to do a lot to it. Every now and then when we get one tested, there's other steps that we have to take. And there's asbestos and tile and different types mm-hmm. of siding and things like that that we work our way through too. Usually, it just requires a line dumpster and 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 some and proper protection equipment for the installers. It's something I didn't even think about, but we are so reliant on electricity now. But if you go back 100 years to you know, 120 years, um, wasn't as much the case. Uh, electrical outlets are they the same as they used to be? No, no. And what you're going to find is it's in a lot, most of these houses have had updated electric work done since they were originally put on. Um, it's just, just what, what has to happen over time. And electricians are really good at being able to, to retrofit the new types of systems and be able to run wires where they need to, to get things to work. But usually those things have been updated. Okay. So that's a historical. The, the old screw in uh, fuses. It's time to call an electrician. <laughs> That's a historic home. What about mm-hmm. a builder grade home? Hey, here's health. And I guess before we get going here, Andy, just to find builder grade home so that everybody's on the same page, we know exactly what mm-hmm. we're talking about. Yeah. Um, one, my favorite type of home, but not for why you think. It's because it's 40% of the work that Linus Construction is completing in 2021 would be on what I would consider a builder grade home. And, and, and these are homes that are less than 20 years old for a lot of them. And builder grade to me is when a house is built or a track home is built or a lot of homes go up over a short amount of time. Mm-hmm. So you're using very cheap materials, cheap siding, no decks, no finished basements, cheaper windows, cheaper roofing, stuff that doesn't last longer than 15 years typically. So we get called. These people have been in the house. Maybe they're the second owner. House is, you know, 10 to 20 years old, needs new siding, still hasn't had a deck put on since it was built, just a ledger board out there. And chances are the ledger board is going to have to get redone. So they need new siding. They want a deck put on. The windows all need upgrading. And they also like to, to take a look at the basement because no one ever finished the basement. That's what, what we see in a lot of these developments. So for me, it's job security. But when when you're looking at homes like that, especially right now, I've seen some of these houses go that are 10, 12 years old, and people got to understand that that it might be $100,000 in renovations that need to happen to this. I don't know if you've, you've looked at what a roof costs nowadays or what a siding costs nowadays, but they're over, it's over $20,000 on the average house yeah. right now. Um, a deck, $40,000, $60,000 decks are pretty common right now. Twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars 40000 window jobs are pretty common right now. You add all that up. And stuff that should last 50 years, just think of it this way. Had they spent, let's go back to 2003. Say a home built in 2003. Had that builder spent maybe $9,000 more on the materials. I can, I I have countless examples that I can show you right now where it would be saving this house $100,000 to $150,000 in renovations in 2020. Think of that. $9,000 in 2003. $120,000 in 2020. Did we just not know better at that time or were the, the, the materials not as good or were they, you know, just outwardly choosing to go like the, the, the cheaper route? Biggest house they can possibly build at the cheapest price they can build it. And, 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 and that's, I think the factors that, that played a lot into the late nineties, early two thousands in, in home building. 
I mean, and if, if I had to pick one of the worst areas, eras of home building in our area of the world, Corey, it would be that era just because I've been in so many houses and we blew up as an area. I mean, cities expanded. I mean, our suburbs in the, in the last 25 years have grown a lot. I mean, I used to drive out to Eden Prairie and it'd be nothing after a little while. Yep. And now it's, you can, seems like you can drive for 45 minutes and not be anywhere near out of the city. And there, and, and, and some of the Western suburbs, the East, East Metro, I mean, Woodbury, I mean, those, those areas of the world have, have blown up and the early two thousands were not the highest quality homes built right now. We've learned our lesson. I'm telling you, I think our codes right now and the builders we have going right now, some of the new homes getting built right now um, are, are pretty awesome. And if you've seen the pricing of new construction, they've gotten that too. I mean, why walk away from a job for 40, 50 grand? I'd rather not build the house than have my name on it falling apart 15 years down the road. Yeah. And you bring up another point. You're in Western Wisconsin. You consider yourself in a suburb in this, as a suburb in the Twin Cities, right? Dude, I'm telling you. You go to any Western Wisconsin uh, high school on a Packer Viking weekend, it's going to be a 50-50 split, purple mm. and green across the board. And, and this is, we're talking about, you know, Packers in Wisconsin, but that just shows you how many transplants. I mean, it's still the the, the most second most popular team in the Twin Cities is is the Green Bay Packers. We, we, we get the Pioneer Press over here. It's the 4, 5, 9, and 11 are the, the TV stations everyone watches over here. It's, we're, we're all part of the Twin Cities metro market. And, and when that bridge got built in Stillwater, I mean, the house is going up over here. I mean, it's going to be one continuous city eventually from Eau Claire to, to Monticello or to, to St. Cloud. I mean, that's the way things are going. The renovations that they're doing to our road systems now, too, that's only going to expand that. Yeah. I just hope builders across the, the world have learned their lesson on, on what's a good thing to cut corners on and what's a bad thing to cut corners on. Because roofing and siding, it's not it. Yeah, well, and you bring up another interesting point because um, you, you think about now this hot housing market, people are just like, I need, you know, I'm going to sell my home, but then I need I need a new home or I, I'm, I'm looking for a starter home or whatever. And they're looking at these homes that are from the late 90s or early 2000s, and they're not even getting inspections. They're just buying it because they're like, oh, this will be, the, the buyer will, will choose me over somebody else. So then you're getting into a house and you're like, oh, great, look, I didn't know this was going to happen. I didn't know this was going to happen. So now not only are you buying an expensive house, uh, mm -hmm. now you've got all these renovations or all this work that you need to do, and you may not have been even anticipating it. And you haven't even looked over the place. No. And, dude, I know one that had hail damage for sure, and they bought it without an inspection. I'm like, I know the hail damage didn't get fixed on that one. It was customers of mine called me after hailstorm. I went and inspected it. The neighbor was there. They wanted me to look at that one too. So I did. I ended had definite hail damage. I mm. talked to their insurance company. I, you know, I'm a nice guy. I don't get them to sign those, you know, silly contingency contracts. They never did work. I've been over there on numerous occasions. That work was never done. They sold the house, no inspection, no nothing. And I'm like, there's, it's 50, 60 grand to replace the siding and, oh. and roofing on this, on this house. And they don't have a clue. And they're 23 years old, first time home buyers. You just feel bad for them. I, they, they're aware of it. They know that someday they're going to have to do it. It's not structurally bad, but aesthetically, you know, that roof, you know, would be a 30 year roof, but now it's not going to last much more than a couple of years. Yeah. That was some great advice you gave us earlier on, on inspections and, and should you, and shouldn't you, that was on a previous episode. Uh, what you mm -hmm. got for a tip this time? Hey, here's a pointer. When it comes to houses and picking a house and dealing with your home renovations, this is hardest thing in the world to do for people. Emotion shouldn't, play 
into your decision making. It just it just shouldn't. Take your time. It, there's no rush ever in this. A day or two isn't going to hurt you in the long run. It's just not. And when when people rush through it, think they have to make a decision, or they're forced into sign today for this discount, or sign today to get on the schedule here, or 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 oh, if we don't buy this house, we're never going to find a house like this. Those are things that we use to talk ourselves into making bad decisions. It's plain and simple. And if you can uh, start to be aware of that uh, when, when you're going through this stuff, in the long run, you're not going to end up like the person that bought a house that needs $60,000 of hail damage renovation or the person that bought the house that, that's going to need $120,000 of renovation over the next five, 10 years because stuff starts falling apart. Yeah. Cabinets, things like that. You know, just take your time, do the process the way you're supposed to. Okay. When it comes to contractors, get a couple estimates. Inspect what you what, what you expect with your contractors. Look at your contract. Make sure it's all spelled out. When it comes to homes, get an inspector involved. Trust your realtor. See what's going on. Have somebody that's looking out in your best interest that's going to tell you exactly what's going to happen at this house and what you can expect to pay to maintain it over the next decade. Fantastic advice for for this, but also just in life too. I mean, to not make emotional decisions and and don't let uh, outside pressures uh, come and get you. And plus, look, buying a house, moving—that's supposed to be an exciting time. Like you're you're transitioning your life. You don't want to buy a house and then all of a sudden regret it or have this like bad feeling that when you move in, like mm -hmm. that's the worst thing that could happen. You're spending a lot of money here, and it's supposed to be the, the where the memories are made. Yeah. And, and right now it's probably the hardest time ever to do that. Even the people that normally do their due diligence and take their time, they've been burnt so much because the houses are moving so fast that they start to do things that are out of character. Just just don't do things out of character. Don't let, don't, don't let the current marketplace dictate your decisions. Yeah. Love it. Thanks, Andy. Thank you.